participate now at the beginning of the service. For in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. There is healing and wholeness. If you have that faith right now, you come forward if you need prayer in your body, in your mind. If you need that, you come forth right now. If you have the faith to believe, to receive that right now, I want you to come forward if you need anything. We'll pray at the end also. We'll pray at the end of the service also today. But if you need that, if you need healing, you need that peace right now, I want you to come forward. Become expecting. Come expecting that you're going to get something. Don't come, don't come up here this morning right now wondering if you're going to get it. Expect to get it. Because you will get it. <laughs> you will get it right now. I guarantee you. I guarantee you by the Spirit of God you'll get what you come for. You come in faith. You come expecting to receive. You come to take. To take. It's here. Whatever you need is here because He's here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What you need, sister. I speak to that heart to function and operate the way God created it to. Heart, be whole in Jesus' name. Heart, function in Jesus' name. Wholeness. Nothing missing. Nothing lacking. Nothing broken in that heart. That heart is strong in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You receive it, sister. You receive it. Thank Him for it. Thank Him for it. What do you need prayer for? Okay? My peace I leave with you. My peace I've given unto you. You receive it. You take it right now by faith. You have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. There's nothing missing. There's nothing lacking. Nothing broken in your life. You have the peace of God in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for that peace. For you are peace. Hallelujah. that heart in Jesus' name. I speak to that heart that it's whole. I speak to that heart that it pumps and functions the way God created it to. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Heart, line up right now with the Word of God. I thank you and praise you that the very life of God dwells inside you. It dissolves sickness, disease, and every name that is named. And everything that they've said that's come against this body, we cast it down in Jesus' name. We bind it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for wholeness. Wholeness. Wholeness, Father. Peace. Wholeness. Heart is whole. Complete. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We just praise and thank you. You received it. You got it. You got it. Believe you receive what's the proper thing to do to just give thanks unto God. 
Hallelujah. He's met us here this morning. Hallelujah. He's here right now. He's healing because He never changes. He's always the same. He healed yesterday. He'll heal today and He'll heal tomorrow. For that's His will. That's who He is. He is our healer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to never change. You never vary. You're always the same. Hallelujah. We can count on you day in and day out. Each and every waking moment, we have a reliance on you, Father God. Hallelujah. Praise you. Praise you, Lord. Praise you. We worship you. We worship you. Worship you, Father. We worship you. Hallelujah. 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 Well, Father, we thank You and praise You right now for what's already taken place in us and around us. We thank You and praise You now for the words You are bringing forth, Lord. I tell You to speak through me and to me this morning, Lord. I give You free reign and place to do whatever You will. You know the needs of Your people. And I thank You and praise You, Lord, that only You can meet each and every individual need. And I thank you that you will this morning. We thank you in advance for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We believe that we receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a good day. Amen. It's a good day. We're alive. Amen. Amen. Come on. It's spring. Look outside there. It is March, you know. It is March, but look outside. It feels like it's May and June. I don't know about you, but the birds are all chirping. They're happy. Then we ought to be happy. Amen? Come on, man. New life is starting back up. Little flowers are sprouting up where it was where it was uh, brown and gray. And the grass is getting greener. I'm going to be very busy pretty soon. <laughs> so it, it's just it's springtime. It's, it's rejuvenation time. And that's what happened for some people here this morning. Amen? Rejuvenated. Praise God. I just... Thank Him for His presence. And as we were praising the Lord there in that first song, uh, I, I was reminded of uh, uh, Peter. And remember when Jesus was speaking to the boys and, and He was actually speaking to a bunch of other disciples and He was speaking on the issue of uh, drinking His blood and eating His flesh and, and a lot of them left. They said, this is a hard message. Right? You remember that? And, and Jesus turned around and looked at His disciples, the twelve, and He says, do you want to leave too? And remember Peter's response. He's like, but Lord, where shall we go? And I thought this morning, I said, where would we go? Where else? Who else has the answers? Where else would we go, guys? Come on. I mean, we tried the things out in the world. They didn't do anything for us, right? And we see the results of that in the people, our neighbors, maybe lost family members, just in the world that we, which we live in. We see the results of that, uh, and it's not working. No, we, we belong to the one who has all the answers. Amen? And uh, that thing's shining right in my eyes, so Let's see if I can get it to turn off. Can you do that, Dave, for me, please? So just like Peter, we should say, where else will we go, Lord? We're yours. <laughs> We're yours. We're subject to you. Well, I'm excited to be here. It's been a little while since I've been with you guys on Thursday morning. But uh, I come back from a mission trip last week and uh, it was a great mission trip. And just want to tell you that the church is thriving and, and doing well in the island of Espanol, which is the Haiti and Dominican Republic. Uh, we built a church and uh, we did vacation Bible school. We had medical clinics and uh, women's ministry and street evangelism, door-to-door evangelism and Got to preach in churches at night and, and did devotions in the morning. And man, what a great week. It was such a high. And I just want to tell you that it doesn't matter. You know, that's a long ways away. And it's in the Caribbean and an island there. And it was rough because it was sunny and, and like 85 degrees every day. But I want to tell you that the, the church and the people are so hungry for God down there. And the highlight of my week was, is usually I come back and say lots of people got healed and delivered and saved, and they did. But the highlight was, is how many people got baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
awesome. So uh, I get worked up over that because uh, I know that when I go back there next year, things are going to be different in that area. In fact, the pastor said after the message, you know, I shared it one night and just asked anybody that wanted to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit to come forward, and they came from everywhere. They just, I mean, people weren't even hit the service came because we closed down a street in the middle of the city and just had church out in the middle of the street, and, and they came from everywhere to be filled. And the, and the thing that excited me about it was is I said that we had something to give them, and they didn't contemplate it. They didn't weigh it out saying, oh, I wonder if that's for me, or grandma didn't believe that, or, you know, they didn't think about it. They just, you got something, I don't have it, I want it. And they got it, you know, and it was so exciting. And the pastor said, this area, our churches, uh, this city will never be the same. So we know that, right, because we know the power of the Holy Spirit and what he can do in and through us and in an area. He's doing it right here in this church. Amen. Amen. So that's that's the power and, and we have it. So that was good. I just want to share with that. But I got to share on the disciplines of faith. I, I, I did that in the mornings with the, the group that we had and with the people of the Dominican Republic. And uh, it was well received. And I'm going to pick right back up on that. In fact, I want to close out today with uh, discipline number four was to watch your mouth. Okay? We talked about discipline number one. As I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time because we've got to get moving on it. was put God's Word first place. Okay? Submit to the Word of God. That's number one. Number two was to acknowledge Him in all our ways. You can... You know, that's their example, Lord Jesus Christ. He found Himself in the Word. But then that wasn't enough. He then conferred with the Holy Spirit, conferred with the Father, and then said, uh, I only say what I hear my Father say. I only do what I see Him do. So it's important for us. The Word is the most important. Okay? Submit yourself to the Word of God because in the Word of God, discipline number one is the only place you'll find all the other disciplines. For without discipline number one, without being subject to God's Word and getting in there to find out what's available to you, what you have, what you can do, then you won't know what all the other disciplines are. So discipline number two was to acknowledge Him in all our ways. And we said discipline uh, number two could be just be called prayer. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And then He will guide and direct your steps. Light your path so your feet do not stumble. We all want that part. And, and uh, the key is, is acknowledging Him in all our ways. And all that is, guys, is it sounds like a big thing. How can I do that in all my ways? It's just like, hey, Lord, what do I need to do? Like, I didn't plan to pray this morning first thing. But I acknowledged him in a prayer, and he said, pray for people first thing. And it's just as simple as when you leave here today, what would you have me do, Lord? What would you have me say to this person? You know, I told you guys before, I don't, and I hope that you don't from here on out. I don't go into a meeting. I don't return a phone call. I don't uh, meet with anybody without first acknowledging God. Say, Lord, you know what this person needs. You know what their needs are. I don't. I can't fix anybody. But teaming up with you, you can guide and direct me and give me the words to say to that person. You can tell me how to do it. So that was number two. Number three was we said to stay in love because our faith operates by love. And that's a biggie, guys. Okay, so number three was to stay in love. Number four was to watch your mouth. And so we said... These disciplines of faith, Paul calls them in Romans 4.12, the steps of faith. And we're to be going from faith to faith and glory to glory, but steps of faith. And, and remember last time I shared with you as I was preparing, the Lord, uh, as I was preparing for discipline in step number four, He said indicators. And the more I've been preaching and be able to share on these things, I'm seeing more and more what He was trying to get through to me is these are indicators of our faith, gauges of our faith. And I shared with you that just like in our automobiles and I have equipment and trucks and things, we have gauges and indicators on the front of those trucks and our vehicles. And they're to tell us when things are going right, but also they're gauges and indicators to tell us when things aren't going right. Like we're low on gas. Well, that's a good indicator. I got to pull over and get gas. My oil's low. I need to put some oil in there. 
the, the radiator is overheating. I need to put some coolant in there. So these disciplines of faith, guys, are a lot of times you hear discipline and we don't like that word. You know, I can remember discipline when I was a younger kid. I didn't, that wasn't a warm and fuzzy word to me. You know, I knew I was in trouble. Well, we're not talking about that though. Discipline is not that. When God disciplines us and when, when He wants to discipline and give us these disciplines that He's laid out here, um, these are to correct us. These are to tweak and turn us to get us into the right position. They're not for our bad, they're for our good. And just like the, our vehicle, those gauges, if all the gauges are in the right place, then we can drive and drive for many years and not have problems. But if you know, and I know, that if you look at your gauges and you don't adhere to them, and you see a warning light comes on, or you see something going into the red, and you keep pushing through, what happens? You're going to have a breakdown. Well, what the Lord showed me is, is you know, uh, a lot of times we're blaming Him. We see in the Word of God that this is what it says that we can have. And yet we're not obtaining and we're not reaching all the things. And it's not happening for us maybe like it is for someone else. And we're so quick to blame God for that. When all the time He's saying, in My Word you will find all My disciplines. You will find I'm a God of order and, and, and I have a path laid out for you. And I like for you to do it this way, but he will not force himself on you. You get to you get to either choose to follow along with him or not. So you can see that now that discipline number one was to put God's word first place. You know that's right. Uh, number two, to acknowledge him in all your ways. Well, if we do that, and he was, we heard his voice and only did what he said to do, and only um, acted upon what we saw him, then we could see we would save ourselves a lot of grief. If we knew we could stay in love, if we, we know when we're falling out of love, that, that hurts our faith. And we remember the Scripture says, our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So whatever's coming against us in this world, our faith can overcome it. But we've got to be in love. We've got to acknowledge God in all our ways. We've got to put the Word of God first place. And then this one that we're on now that we've been on for a while was to watch your mouth. Because you can do step in discipline number one, put the Word of God first place, you can acknowledge Him in all your ways, you can walk in love and then undo it all with this mouth. And we've all been there. So that's where we're at right now. And I don't have a whole lot of time to go back and reiterate, but the last time I shared with you guys, I had so many people come up and say, wow, Pastor Chris, I never knew it that. And I never really thought of it that way. So I'm going to like just reiterate, just a little, just review, just a very little bit to catch us up, and then we're going to take off from there. Um, Proverbs 18:21. You don't have to turn there, but just write that down. You can go look at it because we're going to go through some scriptures here. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. We like the life part, but it says death also is in the power of the tongue. So I want to question you today and put it out there to you at the beginning here. Who's in power in your life? Who have you empowered? Or who have we empowered? Okay? Because you are empowering either positively or negatively. And I'm going to show you and walk through this with you. When we speak the Word of God, heaven responds. Always. And just as the Holy Spirit went to work, when God spoke, He will do the same with us. And last year, in the last quarter there, Pastor John shared that angels, ministering angels, are dispatched when we speak the Word of God in faith. So not only does the Holy Spirit go to work when we speak words of faith, which is discipline number one, is putting the Word of God first place. Number two is I hear Him and, and know when to do it and how to do it, then angels are dispatched also. When I speak the Word of God in faith, so powerful, but life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now, on the flip side, when we speak something contrary to the Word of God, okay, the devil and all his cohorts are listening, and they're going to work. Okay, So important that you know that, guys. Okay, They're roaming about, listening, watching to see if fear-based words, idle words, fear-based actions, 
If they, if, if they see that, they have an opening. They can work just as God works when His Word is, is spoken. But here's what I want you to know. It's so important because that's, that can be kind of doomy. The devil cannot break into your house if you're a Christian. He has no power to break into your house. What, what is the house? Where, where's your house? It's this body. Okay? This is where, this is where the Spirit of God lives. We're called the temple of the Holy Spirit, temple of God. He cannot break into this body if you're a Christian. He has no power to. Okay? But he can get access into our lives. He can get access into our bodies. Okay? He is not God. The devil does not know our thoughts or our hearts. Only God does that. Only God knows. How the enemy works, guys, so important for you to know this. This is going right along with discipline number four. Is he works through listening to what we're saying and then watching us. And if we speak something contrary to the Word of God, we speak an idle word, which an idle word is something other than the Word of God. And we all will be accountable to idle words. And I'm going to share with you today that some people think, wow, Chris, you just watch over every word that comes out of your mouth. Yeah, we're called to watch over every word that comes out of our mouth. And I would share with you today, and, and I can tell you, attest to this because of my own life, that, that just speaking words just to speak them or just to go along with someone in conversation, is it's dangerous ground. It's dangerous ground because... Uh, uh, something is going to be put into motion. Either God and ministering angels are going to be put into motion or the devil's like, ah, I heard that. And you might have just been, ah, oh, I was just talking, just going along with the person. But you're giving place to one or the other. Power of life and death is in the power of the tongue. I was ministering to someone the other day and they were struggling and and we've all been there, and you might be there today, and they're going up and down. One day things are going good, next day it isn't going good. And, and then they said, you know, I try to speak the Word of God, and then, you know, I find myself, you know, speaking other words, and I know I shouldn't be doing that. And then, uh, you know, the results are not happening in the way that, that I hear that they should be. I mean, I hear the pastors, I hear what's the sermons on the weekend, I hear what the Word of God says. I see what it says, but it's not happening in my life. And I relayed to them that, guys, we're in a battle. Okay, We're not in heaven right now. We're on the earth. We're in a battle. Okay, And there is no just floating around. It's contrary to, the, to many, what many people believe. That, oh, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. There is no such thing as that. That's a fallacy. We are in a battle. And if you don't believe that you're in a battle, man, you're deceived. So that's just straight up. <laughs> you know, I want you, you know, I'm not going to dilly dally around with you. If you don't believe you're in a battle, and you know what? There's many people that this, this message is like, you know, uh, watching every word that comes out of your mouth or you're empowering the devil or empowering God. Well, you know what, guys? You know, if you don't believe it and, and if you don't, watch over the words of your mouth, I can assure you that the devil is. And he'll have a field day with you. Okay? Here's the ammunition that I give people with that. And I'd like for you to look them up in, your, in, the, in the Bible with me. It's Second Chronicles 16.9. You all know this scripture, but it's good to look at it. If you don't know it, get out your highlighters. If you're going up and down... And then you're having a good day and a bad day. You're having trouble speaking the Word of God every day and, and, and knowing what His will is or uh, why isn't this working for me. And you're just frustrated. Here's the ammunition that I would give to you. This is exactly what we're talking about. One of my favorite verses, Second Chronicles 16.9. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those heart, whose heart is loyal to him. Other versions say, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for himself, looking for someone to show himself strong on his behalf. How would he do that? Why isn't he doing that for everyone? We know God's no respect of persons. Why isn't God showing himself strong? on every person on the face of the earth. 
Okay? Why? Don't you, you, you question those things? Why would that not be so? Because of discipline number one. They haven't acknowledged and put the Word of God first place. Because of discipline number two, they're not even acknowledging God. You know, I don't believe in God. I don't, you know, or I don't believe you have to watch every word that comes out of your mouth. They're not walking in love. So important. Jesus spent a majority of the time talking about the love of God. Loving your neighbor, loving each other. That's how you'll know that you're my disciples. And then he talked about our tongue. And talked about out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the ammunition is is what needs to be coming out of our mouths is the Word of God. And the only way that that can happen is is by putting the Word of God down in our hearts. Discipline number one. So you see how it's all tied together. Now on the other hand, that's the good side. That's our side, right? But on the other hand, 1 Peter 5.8, which you all know this Scripture too. 1 Peter 5.8. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. It says, Be alert. Be sober. Be on guard. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You've all heard that verse, right? Okay, so here we go. Those people, you may be one of them right now, just thinking you just float around and you're just speaking whatever. God is waiting for someone to speak His Word so He can show Himself strong on their behalf. That's the way it works. He can't force Himself. He won't force Himself on you. He won't force Himself into your situation. But when you speak His Word, which is His will, that gives him place to come into your situation. But on the other hand, guys, when we speak something idle talk, just gossip, we're speaking something contrary to the Word of God, so that's why it's so important to be in the Word of God, because otherwise you wouldn't know if it's contrary to the Word of God. And God's Word is His will. So if you're speaking something contrary to the Word of God, you're speaking something that is not the will of God. Simple, but yet, you know, we don't do it. So when we don't do that, then the devil and his cohorts, just like God and ministering angels, are going about saying, ah, they're giving me place into my life. They're giving me place into their situation. He cannot force himself on you. And see, this is where it comes down. If you really want to know where rubber hits the road, work so quick to blame the devil on everything. But we've given him place. We've given Him access into our lives. Unknowingly, by just speaking something, going along with people. I shared with you before that, you know, uh, just for me, myself, I struggled with this because I just like to, to be a nice guy and go along with people in conversations. And, and I, the Lord checked me one time and He said, what in the world are you doing? You know these things and yet you're just trying to be a nice guy and you're going right along with this person. This person's gossiping and speaking something contrary. Why? What? You stop that. You can walk away from that situation. The Bible talks about in Proverbs. We looked at this last time. That a fire begins with a couple little twigs, and, and then you know we start. I enter into conversation. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. You know what? I know that person. And then I throw a couple logs on there, and then I got a bigger fire. Next thing you know, I got a forest fire going on, and there's three or four people involved with it, and we're gossiping, and it's out of control. And we want to blame God. Why is these things happening in my life? So I would challenge you. This isn't easy. This is an easy message, but you can do it because He'll enable you. He's equipped you to already do it. Is you have to do discipline number one, two, three. Stay in love. I love this person enough that I'm going to walk away from here and not get involved with that forest fire. I'm going to put the Word of God first place and I'm not going to let any idle word come out of my mouth. Okay? So, there's the ammunition. There's two sides. There is no middle ground. There is no just floating around. Okay? And I don't, you don't need to turn there, but Micah 7, five. Micah 7, five. that's in the Old Testament, says to guard the doors of your mouth. Guard the doors of your mouth. So, 
how the enemy, we have an enemy, we see how he gets access is by coming in open doors and open windows. Just the same as in your house. Have you ever heard the expression before, keep that trap shut? (laughs) I've heard my dad say that plenty of times. Keep that trap shut. And, And trap it is. It is a trap. It is a trap, guys. It's a trap. And James was brother, half-brother of Jesus who watched Jesus' his whole life. It's one of my favorite books because he not only seen Jesus when Jesus was Jesus, <laughs> he saw Jesus behind closed doors and he saw Jesus when they were roughhousing in the bedroom and, and when you know they were doing things. And, and he observed, and man, you can get so much out of James because James saw Jesus from a baby boy all the way up to the ministering you know, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, but uh, he, but I find it so interesting the things he puts in his book, and one of them is addressing the tongue. And he, he speaks quite a bit about that and, and keeping that trap shut and how you can steer and guide your life by the tongue. So he observed Jesus, and he probably said, he never gets in trouble. Can you imagine being brother of Jesus? He never gets in trouble. Goody two-shoes, and he kept that thing shut. And he didn't allow the devil to have access. The devil has no power to break into our houses, guys. And if we keep the windows and the doors secure, he cannot get entrance. It's not saying he won't stand out there and throw rocks at your house. not saying that he won't throw arrows at your house. But listen, if I'm in the house and the windows are closed and the doors are shut and they're locked, He can throw rocks all he wants, but I'm safe and secure in the most high place. Amen? He's always on the lookout for a cracked window and an open door. Always. And if he tries and finds one, he comes over to your house. Now, I'm about illustrations. I, you know, Jesus spoke in parables all the time. I can relate to it because I need to picture something. But just picture your house and picture an enemy. And it isn't too hard to picture this, guys. This is happening all around us now. You know what I mean? All you got to do is turn on the news at night and people breaking in and shooting people and all this crazy stuff. That's the world we live in. So, I mean, you ought to be able to relate to what I'm saying here. But if the enemy comes to your house and he tries a window, ah, that one's locked, goes around the back, ah, cracked window. Or he goes around the back of the house and there's a door unlocked. What are you talking about, Pastor Chris? I'm talking about the words that come out of your mouth are opening up and cracking the windows and opening up the doors. And if he can find one that's open, he's a slivering, conniving, no good. (laughs) And he'll work his way in there. And he'll get access in there. And you find yourself trying to undo something. Okay? The windows being cracked, the doors being opened are idle words, fear-based words, desperate actions, and fear-based actions. Okay, Idle words, fear-based words, desperate actions, and fear-based actions are in direct correlation to open doors and open windows. You say, what do you mean by that? We addressed this, guys, I think the first week. And I'm not going to go over it again, but man, I still am hearing it. And, I, and, and it's just striking with people. Oh, my God. I would say to you, when most people are saying that, they're not asking God to come into their life. They're astonished. They're taken back. They're like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. And oh, my God. Instead of welcoming God into your house and speaking the Word of God, you've allowed the enemy. He can only work by what you say, and He watches you. He watches you. So if you hear a bad report, and you get, you just, you know, throw your hands up, and you get all rattled, listen, I'm speaking to myself. Something goes wrong that you know it should not be, and I can't believe this happens to me, and Ah, and, and you take it out on the kids or the wife or the husband and, and, or your employees or something, that's opening up the window and the door. And he has access. He can only move into your house, into your being, into your, into your sphere by watching you and listening to you. 
So if you speak something like, I can't believe this happens to me. Well, nothing ever good ever happens. You've just given the devil access to come into your situation. So watch it. Just please watch it, guys. I mean, uh, those idle words and fear-based words and desperate actions, we're not, we're, we're not to be moved. We're not to be moved. And that is a discipline coming up here. Maybe in like seven or eight, I'm still working on it, is standing. And when you've done all to stand, stand. Okay? Okay, well, what's that mean? That means I'm to be standing. Okay? I'm not to be frantic. I'm not to be in fear. Jesus spoke about fear quite a bit. We are not to tolerate fear. So when I speak fear out of my mouth, that's contrary to the Word and will of God. And when I act desperately or frustration, think about it. Am I believing God and His promises that He'll never leave nor forsake me? He'll take care of me. He supplies all my needs according to His riches and glory. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror. Or just not right now because I don't feel like it. Come on, guys. It's not one or the other, you know. There is no idol, no uh, Doris Day. The Bible says he goes about as a roaring lion. Roaring lion. There is only one lion. Lion of Judah. He goes about as a roaring lion. Now, lions are part of the cat family. Okay? We have farm cats. And I share with this, I think I shared with this last time. You ever watch a cat? Some of you might have cats as pets, so I'm not saying anything bad about cats, but <laughs> they're lazy. Cats are, for the most part, lazy, right? They're sneaky. They are. <laughs> and they hide out. They like hide out, you know, and they observe and they watch. And then they go in and they watch for the kill and then they pounce on it. That's what cats do. Okay, well, he goes about as a roaring lion. So I just want, I want to make it as graphic as possible. You're sitting at home and your family, or you're in healing service right now on Thursday. And the devil, just like God, is watching. Will they speak my word today? Can I show myself strong on their behalf? Can I show myself strong on their situation? The devil's like, right now, you say, no, nah, I can't be Chris. He's going about as a roaring lion. Who will give me place? Who will say something just to give me place or access in their life? That's the way he does. He goes up and down the streets of the neighborhood. He goes up and down, you know, in and out of our alleys and in and out of our yards, listening. Are they acting desperately? Are they speaking something contrary to the Word of God? So I'm telling you guys, it's, it's like, wow, I mean, I got to keep track of all that. <laughs> it's not hard when you're in doing discipline number one, when you put the Word of God first place. When you do that and then you start acknowledging God in all your ways, you'll find yourself, I, 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 and you can zip it up. I'm not saying it changes overnight, but give Him place. So I need help with my mouth, Lord. I need help with this tongue. And, and, and give him place to work in there. And you know what? If you just did discipline number three by walking in love towards people, you would not say a lot of things that we say. If you knew how much he loved you, know how he loves you and me. He gave everything for you and me. So, you see how they're all tied together? We're commanded in James 4, 7 to resist the devil and he will flee. How do we resist the devil? So that he will flee by our words, by the words that come out of our mouth. Displace fear-based words with God's word. Displace fear-based actions with godly actions. I will not move. I'm not moved. I have the peace of God. You're, when all hell is breaking loose, you need to speak out, I have the peace of God. I got it. You can't take it, devil. This is healing service. So when a cough comes, shows up at your front door, what are you going to do? You want it? What are you going to do? 
Speak to it. Speak to it. What, what about a sniffle or a pain shows up at the door? How long are you going to let it out on the front porch and keep knocking? Uh, what's a couple sniffles? I've, I catch myself doing this. How long will you tolerate it out there knocking on your front door? Well, a couple sniffles. It's winter. You know, we're in transition between winter. You know, that. No. How long will you tolerate it? Speak to it. Command it to get off of your property. Amen? Amen. Yell to it. No trespassers allowed. I find it interesting, you know, I'm a contractor, so, you know, we're dealing with people and houses and plans and stuff all the time. And I find it interesting how people flip out. They'll get angry. Sometimes they'll call the police. Or sometimes even crazy people will even bear arms when someone tips toes across their front lawn. Seriously. I've, I've seen people lose it because my guy sent their, set their lunchbox is in their yard. We were working in the next door neighbor yard. They said, and, and people are real funny about that now. And yet when it comes to our bodies, which is, well, they're not really even our bodies anymore because we've been bought and paid for in full. Right? Right? So they're not our bodies anymore. Okay? We're stewards of them. Our attitude is like, oh, well, and what are you going to do? You know, it's flu season. Kids are going to school. I'm going to church. All kinds of people say, what are you going to do? I told you what you got to do. You got to speak to it. Just as you wouldn't allow those things to come across your yard, just as you don't want a stray dog coming into your backyard and doing his business, how much more so should we be just as diligent as speaking to the devil? And the enemy, tell him, you get off my property. You get out of this neighborhood. Hell with you. Back to your own neighborhood. Amen? Come on, man. you got to do it, though. I can't do it for you. Your wife and husband can't do it for you. you got to do it, and we got to teach our kids to do it. Don't tolerate this stuff. could use a lot of other words there. <laughs> And like I said, in the scripture for giving an account to every idle word we speak is Matthew twelve thirty six and thirty seven. Matthew twelve thirty six thirty seven. Listen, guys, you know we're all can't wait till we get to heaven. We don't want to get up there and then get behind a bunch of people that have to spend three four days giving account of all their idle words. <laughs> I want to get in there. I want to get, you know get at it. So uh, let's make sure we're not one of them. Now, those were indicators, some red alerts like on the gauges, some caution indicators. And I pray they'll help you from keep from falling into the enemy's trap. But our words have positive influence and positive results too. Let's look at a couple positive indicators. We'll wrap this up as Isaiah 55. We're going to hang out there for a couple scriptures. Isaiah, an Old Testament, chapter 55. Now, forget the devil for a couple minutes here. Let's, let's concentrate on God and concentrate on speaking His Word and speaking positively. Isaiah 55, verse 11. You know these Scriptures. Hopefully, underline them if you don't. So shall my Word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. That's God speaking to you and to me. And you know what, guys? I'm here to tell you today. When you speak the Word of God in faith, meaning like, I don't have to know everything about it. I don't have to have it all figured out. I'm doing it by faith. If I have it all figured out and I know all the ins and outs about it, I wouldn't need faith. But when I speak the Word of God in faith, believing who He, he is who He said He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after Him. That when I speak the Word of God in faith, it's as if God is speaking it. Man, that, that'll change you. That'll, wow, that'll just make you go round and round and round. That you have the same ability as a child. I'm His child. I want to imitate Him, Ephesians 5.1. I want to speak the words that He speaks 
Discipline, step number two, acknowledging him in all our ways. And I shall have the same results that he has. Isaiah 55, 11 says he watches over his word to perform it. Isaiah 45, 23. A couple pages over. Isaiah 45, 23 says, I have sworn by myself, says God. The word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and it shall not return. So when the word of God goes out of your and my mouth, it's the same in faith. It's the same as when God spoke and God didn't stand there and wonder if it was going to happen. I wonder if light will come. No, he spoke it, believed it, and it came. You and I, as his children imitating him, need to have the same mindset that when I find it in God's word, I believe it for myself and I speak it out of my mouth, I shall have it. There's no wonder if, because God's word is his will. It's his will for my life. Isaiah 46, 11. Isaiah 46, 11 says in the second part of that says, indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Now, I would underline those, that, that part of Scripture right there, Isaiah, the second part of verse 11. Because when I find the Word of God for my situation, step discipline number one, I acknowledge Him, step discipline number two, I'm walking in love, and I meditate on that thing, and I speak it out of my mouth, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, because God's not a God that He should lie, that He will also bring it to pass as He has purposed it, He will also do it. There's your ammunition. There's your little index card that you need to keep beside you. That my God will perform it. I don't have to perform it. He performs it. All i got to do is speak it out because I believe in Him. Just like you believed in your mom and dad. Hopefully you had good parents. I believed in my mom and dad and my dad said something I believed in. I believed in him and I spoke it. My dad said, we're going to go to the mall. We're going to go to the ball game. I believed him. I spoke it out and we went to the ball game. You guys need to believe in, in God is who he said he is, Hebrews 11:6, and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. Sounds like Second Chronicles 16:9. His eyes are going throughout the whole earth looking for someone who's going to give him place. And how you give Him place is by speaking His Word, acknowledging Him. Here's two good Scriptures for you and I. This is how we do it. Job. Look at Job chapter 22. Job is right before Psalms. Job 22, 28. This is where we're going to wrap things up here. Job 22, 28. If you're having difficulty finding it, just write down the scripture so you can go back and look at it later. Job twenty two twenty eight says, You will also decree a thing, and it will be established unto you. So light will shine on your ways. Another version says, You will also decree a thing, declare a thing, and it will be established unto you, so that light will shine on your ways. When you and I speak the word of God in faith, we're decreeing it, to be so, just as God did. He didn't question it. He didn't wonder if the devil was going to be able to stun it or keep it from happening. He spoke it, believed it, and you and I as his sons and daughters need to imitate him and do the same thing. By his stripes, I am healed. I have that peace that surpasses all understanding. I have the mind of Christ. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Go back to Numbers. This is just another uh, uh, scripture that will just um, confirm Job 22:28. Numbers 14:28. Numbers 14, verse 28. It says to them, it says, Say to them, this is the Lord speaking, As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. So, once again, guys, find the Word of God that pertains to your situation, that pertains to your problem, to your need, to your circumstances. 
You put that word down in his heart. Okay? You acknowledge him. And after a period of time, you let that get down in there, you meditate on it, you meditate on it. And when you speak it, don't speak it till you believe it, but when you speak it, then it's a settled, it's a done deal. I shall have it because my Lord says, as you have spoken it in my hearing, so I will do it unto you. You shall decree a thing and it shall be done unto you. Now, you don't hear a whole lot of teaching about decreeing. We just don't hear that. But I'm here to tell you guys it's very powerful. Very, very powerful. We need to start decreeing what God says about us. If He's already said it, it's a done deal. And when we decree it for our lives, we give voice to the Word of God. Why isn't the Word of God working for everyone? It's not a trick question. Why isn't it working for everyone? Because first of all, people aren't believing it. Second of all, they're not speaking it. It's that simple. They don't believe it, and they're not speaking it. Because you will only speak what you believe in, you know, and you, you speak something that you don't believe in, there's not a whole lot of faith attached to that. God has already spoken it, so we can see that in order for it to work in my life, in your life, I'm going to have to speak it forth. I'm going to have to do it. In Revelation 1.6, you don't have to turn there because of time, God calls us kings and priests. And what we say has great power backing us. A king and a priest does not speak and then wonder if it's going to happen. They decree a thing and it shall be so. In fact, they said, Amen, so shall it be. They didn't question and say, Oh boy, sure hope God heard me. Sure hope the ministering angels are going to come attend to His Word. Sure hope the devil's not going to be able to start. No, I decree it to be so. I believe it to be so. It shall be so. Then stand. Okay. Where you're called kings and priests. First Peter two five. First Peter two five. I'll read these for you. Likewise. First Peter. I'm sorry. First Peter two five says, You also are living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then First Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then we saw in Revelations 1.6 that we are called kings and priests. We need to step up into our position and start decreeing what the Word of God says about us, for us. And not letting anything else come out of our mouth. You know, if you're a king, you don't speak fear-based words. You don't speak idol-based words. You won't be king for too long if you speak things and put the people into fear. And I'm here to tell you guys that all it says in uh, Romans 8:19 that all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons and daughters to be revealed. And when you and I are going about speaking the word of God in church and then going out of church and speaking like the rest of the world, what kind of witness is that? And why would they want to become a Christian when we are not getting the results because we're doing the same thing they are? It's like a tug of rope. You know, remember we used to do that in high school? I'm speaking the word of God. And then over here, a couple minutes later, I'm undoing it by speaking idle words. And we're wondering why God's not moving. Well, it, 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 I'm undoing everything that I'm, I'm doing over here because I'm, I'm basing my actions and my words on fear and not going to make it. And that's why we are called to be separate from this world. We are to be called to be set apart from this world. Because if we're too much over here talking like the world and acting like the world, then you're going to pull and it's going to be very difficult even to get any ground. We take three steps forward by speaking the Word of God in church and then we undo it by going out and getting a conversation in the neighborhood about something we should not and we're undoing it. We're pulling more this way. Okay? Let's just watch over our words. Ephesians 5.1, I say that all the time, it says to imitate Him. 
And if we being sons and daughters of God and speak the word in faith, it shall not return void to us and accomplish exactly what He sets out for it to do. And it shall prosper. The Word of God says, let the redeemed of the Lord what? Say so. If you're going to be moving up to the next level this year, last year's gone. Last month's gone. But if you're going to be moving up to the next level, if you're planning on overcoming addiction or overcoming a sickness or a disease, you're going to need to say so. If you're planning on this year being prosperous and better than last year, you're going to have to say so. If you're planning on wiping out debt and getting out from underneath that burden, you're going to have to first say so. If we're to do and be all that God has ordained for us to do and to be, then we're going to have to say so. We can see the results of not saying so. Nothing happening. Start using God's words as tools for you. Just as like you ladies mix up cakes and stuff and you got all kinds of tools and us guys go fix things and build things. We used to use your words as a tool. Use God's word as a tool for your advantage, for your situation. Now, I, I made up a little confession here. I'd like for us all to decree it out loud. Do it by faith. And you know what? I'll make a copy of this, but uh, I asked the Lord and this is, what he's, he, this is what He showed me. So decree this after me and believe it and say it as if you mean it because it lines right up with the Word of God. I'm God's child. I'm God's child. I imitate my Father. I imitate my That's Ephesians 5.1. I think like Him. I talk like Him. And I act like Him. Therefore, I shall have the same results as Him. I watch my tongue. I only speak the truth. And I speak it in love. I am an ambassador for the Kingdom of Heaven. And my words have influence. I set things in motion according to the written word. I have authority to bind and loosen. And I purpose from this day forward to speak only those things I hear my Father say. And I shall have whatsoever I say. Amen. Amen. So shall it be. Wouldn't that be great? Do you believe it? It can start this day. You determine that only God's Word's coming out of your mouth. And you know what? Sometimes it's just better to just zip it up. Just not say anything at all. Don't give the enemy place into your situation. And if and when you and I slow down, slow down the biggie, and think before we speak, And we hear from God's Spirit what to say. We will always triumph. We'll always walk in victory. We'll be more than conquerors. But we have to speak it first. So, to help anybody? Alright, next week, God permitting, unless He wants me to go a different direction, we'll be looking at discipline number five, which is, what are you looking at? What are you guys looking at? (laughs) What are you looking at? Okay? So, Father, we thank You and praise You for Your Word, for in Your Word only, Father, is truth. And that's the only way we can find out all these indicators and find out how to get straightened out and to do things the way You would want us to do it and, and, and the way to be. So we thank You and praise You, Lord, that You'll help us this week. Help us to watch over the words that are coming out of our mouth. Help us, Holy Spirit. You said You'd guide and lead us into all truth. Show us things to come. Bring to remembrance those things we've learned or heard in the past. Thank you for that. And thank you and praise you, Father God, for just helping us to becoming the people that you want us to be. So I thank you for each one that came out today, Father God. Thank you, Lord. You redeemed their time. 
I thank you and praise you that you watch over them and all that they set their hands to is blessed. You perfect the things that concern them. And I thank you and praise you, Lord. You bring us all back together so we can gather around your word and fellowship with you again, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys have a blessed day. You will have a blessed day. If anybody else needs prayer, you can come forward, guys. I wanted to make sure everybody else can get out of here a reasonable time.